0: Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. It is kind of based on trust, right? But here the smart contract is written in code itself. So it is automated the moment both of the parties are put there live up to their point of view, then only the transaction happens. So basically the whole smart contract is an automated transaction. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology, sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. These talks are designed to both introduce advanced subjects and provide insight into the work being done in these fields. Welcome everyone for today's session on how to get started in Web3. This session is basically for beginners who are looking to start their journey in blockchain and Web3. It will help the beginners to understand the basic concepts and provide them with resources to start their journey in learning. So today uh, we have our speaker, Anam, and I would quickly introduce her. So Anam Ansari is an Android developer and a blockchain enthusiast. She's also an MLH fellow 2022 at Hubble. So we are really excited for today's session, Anam. Uh, Over to you. Thank you, Anjali. Thank you for the great introduction. So basically, I am uh, interning right now at Hubble, which is the Solana DeFi protocol. Solana is a blockchain. So So hello, hello, folks. So my topic for today is how to get started in Web3. Basically, what I'll be covering are the three main topics. First of all, a 360 degree approach to Web3 and blockchain part to web 3 like how to appra- approach the whole uh technology and where to find resources and how to use them so starting with my first topic a 360 degree approach to web 3 and blockchain now to explain this i want to go back a little bit in history when we had web 1 as you can see on the screen web 1 was basically static html so long back uh, in the when the internet has just started we just had web 1 in which we will just search something and we'll get a static static html which we can only read and over time uh, i guess after the discovery of facebook we got in with the this idea of web 2 was developed where we can write and also read the data by write like we can post something online we just don't have to read or take the information we can also provide the information so that was web through web 2 so Basically everything was going perfectly fine so why was there a need of web3 or something uh, a new technology so there were several reasons and if you can see i've noted them down and first of them one of them was bank so basically when you make an online transaction there's a middleman which is bank and they charge you a certain amount of transaction fees so uh, to avoid that at uh, web3 also came into picture and i'll explain in five minutes on how we eliminate that middleman using web3 second is central authority web3 actually removes the central authority we have like if we if i say that the whole social media is on like let's let's talk about facebook whatever content we have is stored on a server if something if the server goes down for few hours so anything is not accessible at all you might have seen news where sometimes instagram goes down or twitter goes down so these reasons are due to a cent, uh, central authority lastly which is a really important one which is ads now if you might have heard the joke going around that if you talk about something on whatsapp or something that you want to buy you instantly get a uh, uh, get an ad about it in some other app so this is something like the privacy is going away with ads and uh there are some uh, there are some rumors or anything going around saying that uh the co- these big corporates steal our data and uh they use it for their ads so basically you might have heard that code that if uh, if you're not paying for something, you are the product. Basically, everything is free in Web2. You can uh, use Web, uh, Facebook or Instagram and Twitter free, of course. But uh, you are actually the product because you have targeted ads and you might have seen this increase, massive increase of ads that we have on Instagram. You scroll through any post and you'll see so many ads going over there. So these were a few of the reasons why Web3 came into picture. And Web3 basically uses the power and it leverages the power of blockchain now you need to understand that web 3 and blockchain are different web 3 is basically blockchain is a concept okay and the web 3 is using this power of blockchain to create decentralization so now comes the question what exactly is blockchain if you see this word peer-to-peer peer-to-peer basically means it's not using a server client model like you are not just requesting your data from a server itself Let me give you an example of uTorrent, if you guys might uh, use uTorrent, basically people use it to download movies and series and anything available online and it gives you a better connection, better, your download speed is greater and the reason is because of this peer-to-peer network, basically when you request a download, it finds the nearest node, nearest computer let's say which has the movie and it downloads from there so basically you have a better connection and better download speed so that's what blockchain also has it has a peer-to-peer connection which means there are set of nodes working there is not a there is no cent- server or client model in blockchain second is decentralized and distributed all these nodes set of nodes have the same data same ledger and by same ledger i mean you can't um let's say node a has uh a data the same data node b and c will have so the whole data is distributed which in turn creates decentralization if like in server client model if a server goes down you have to wait until they uh fix the server to access your uh, social media account or anything that you have so this all uh because of blockchain even if one node goes down you have other nodes working so there there is a chance of decentralization next thing is transparent by transparent let's because all the data is on uh, in every nodes the data is kind of transparent you can't mutate the data so the data is also secure by mutating i can uh give you an example so basically uh, how blockchain works is there are um if you imagine a blocks there's a block of data and they all chain together by chain if you see here so if i'll just share my other screen for giving an example so this is a block okay and let's say i add a data saying "Ah, and i mine it so my this block is created if i go to the blockchain if you see there is a chain of blocks and the way they are connected is if you see the hash function hash value of this box uh of this block it's the same as the uh the previous of this block so basically they they are all chained together using this hash values so basically these blocks are chained together using these hash values how are these hash values formed basically if you have no idea about what a hash function is let's say there's a function and you pass it a value so it will give you a certain output it will perform some computation and there's lot of things going behind and it will give you an output so basically if you put some data into the hash function, you will get a value which is the hash value. And if you look here, as and when I added Anam here, I got it. I got a hash value corresponding to it. So, basically, there's a function behind which is generating these hash values. So, basically, uh, I've talked about blocks hash and what are nonce? So, talking about nonce, let's say, I put my data value into the hash function, whatever data I have, let's say sorry, and I mine it. So, what happens is if you mine the data, the data will go into the function, it will give you an output but first of all, it will check if the hash value has the first four digit as zero. If it doesn't have then it will put the data bin back into the function and it will keep on doing that until and unless we get the hash value, which is which has the first four digits as zero. So, the number of times you put the data into the function is called as nonce. So, right now, if you can see, it's a really big digit. So, these many times the data was put again and again into the function to get the uh, perfect hash value for the block. Now comes mining. So, the miners are the people who actually give this hash value because if you see putting a value into this function around... I guess it's around sixty five thousand times approximately. Takes a lot of computational power and takes a lot of uh, trial and error method is involved here. So uh, any node which can mine this value is called a miner. So basically, if you want to put your data, if I say there are three nodes, A, B, and C, and somebody wants to put the data, they first have to create this hash value and this nonce value. So a miner is the one who, calculates all these values and accordingly the data is uh, added to the blockchain talking about uh, public and private keys so every user has their own set of keys which is public and private as the word suggests, public is everyone can see your public key but the private keys are private if you have your private keys don't share it to anyone the private keys are basically used to sign your transaction so uh it basically shows that you are the owner of this transaction or you are the person who signed this particular transaction coming to smart contracts now the whole blockchain uh, works on the smart contracts itself if you're writing a piece of code and if i may give you a an easy word for smart contracts it is automated transaction basically if i uh talk in layman words let's say you have a contract okay and uh, you you live up to the end of your contract and the other person doesn't live up to it so it's kind it is kind of based on trust right but here the smart contract is written in code itself so it is automated the moment both of the parties or put their uh, live up to their point of view then only the transaction happens so basically the whole smart contract is an automated transaction now talking about dapps dapps are basically decentralized applications is what uh, so dapps are divided into two parts off chain and on chain off chain you might not uh, might know with web apps or android apps so whatever apps you take there is a front end there is a back end but if you see there's one more thing called as wallet Basically in our web to what we had is we had a login system like we used to log in using our Google account or any account that we had or we used to add our username and password. So what happens with wallets are uh, you can log in for in uh, decentralized application using your own wallet you can get these wallets through extensions called as Phantom or Metamask whatever blockchain you're using at that time and there's an on-chain code now this ch- on-chain code is uploaded on your uh blockchain which you are using there are different types of blockchain available so the smart contracts are the one that are uploaded on the blockchain now there's like a lot of confusion like how do you host your web apps or d apps whatever you have so basically the off-chain part which is your front end and back end gets uploaded on your normal uh cloud hosting websites like you have netlify and Versell, and uh you can also upload it on github uh, pages and the smart contract is uploaded on your blockchain itself now there are a lot of blockchains available uh the most popular ones uh, ones are ethereum and bitcoin bitcoin was the actually I, did, I forgot to mention about this bitcoin was actually the first blockchain and it was coined by Satam. No, I think so, I forgot the person's name, but yeah, it uh, came into existence in 2002 and that was actually the beginning of the whole blockchain and Web3 after that. So basically the most famous uh, Ethereum, uh, Polygon, Binance. Now there are two types of blockchain, uh, one are EVM and non-EVM. So basically Solana and Terra are non-EVM based. So basically, if you write a smart contract in Ethereum, you can easily adapt them into Polygon or Bitcoin, uh, but you can't adapt them into Solana because they work differently. They have a different architecture. Now, till now, I've talked about basic concepts. This is just the tip of the iceberg about what is Web3 and what is blockchain and the simple terms related to it. And there are so many things, uh, so many things still there that you will have to explore. So basically, I want to discuss now part two, web three. Now there are, uh, if, even if you don't know anything related to the front end work, like uh, people, I do hear people saying that you need to know web development or app development before learning blockchain. I don't think, I don't personally believe it is true because uh, you can learn that after that but before you can start with blockchain concepts so the first point is learn the blockchain concept whatever suits uh, suits you if you are a youtube person or blog uh, if you like to read blogs so you can take at least few hours in a day and spam yourself with different concepts like uh go on youtube watch different different videos that are available on blockchain or read blogs and the more you read about blockchain because it's a really vast concepts and there are so many terms like there's something called as nfts and there's Dfinance and there's crypto and everything so you can explore these and start with these concepts first then you can move on and start writing smart contracts now as i said there are different types of blockchain ethereum solana polygon And uh, the thing that I usually recommend beginners is to go with Ethereum because the smart contract is written in solidity language, which is kind of similar to JavaScript. So if you are, if you are good with JavaScript, then you can go with Ethereum. If you are good with Rust language, then you can go with Solana. Solana is also a really powerful blockchain. After you have done your blockchain concepts and you have written your smart contracts, you can then build a front-end on it. As I talked about the whole architecture, after this part is done, you can work on the front-end part of it and integrate it with your work. Now, you can make the front-end in React.js, Next.js, Angular, Flutter. Flutter is basically for Android and uh, any apps, cross-platform apps. Android Studio currently doesn't support the blockchain libraries, so you'll have to skip that. And lastly, after whatever work is done, you can connect your front end and back end properly. You have to integrate it and deploy. So your basically hosting services can come in to help. And for basic uh, get and GitHub skills also come into come really handy when you're learning web three. So these were the four things that you have to look out when you're approaching web three last topic is learn from resources. Now there are. Num- numerous resources available out there so i've categorized them on what you can refer for what kind of information so basically what you can do is you can start with youtubes and blogs because they are little bit simple and they break down these really big concepts into small topics and you can uh, spam yourself with that youtube and blogs and then you can start with the official documentation of every blockchain they are really they are really easy to uh, use because they have divided it into really good part and they have maintained it but i will not recommend reading the official documentation when you are starting out because there are really complex words and you might get confused so starting out with youtubes and blogs should be the first thing and the second is approaching the official documentation third is twitter twitter is not for learning i personally believe that twitter is something where you can be updated about anything that is happening on the news like let's say if solana goes down or something something happens like recently there was a news about solana so you can get these you can be updated and you can connect with other folks who are into this domain using twitter for this discord communities discord communities come in uh, handy when you have a certain doubt there the community is really helpful and really open like if you have any doubt you discord communities are the one to approach so basically if i give you an example if you are making something you're following a tutorial and maybe there might be chance that the tutorial is like one or two years old so there may be a chance that the methods or functions that you are using are deprecated or there's something new in the code base which you might not know and the tutorial person has not updated so you can ask these things on discord communities and get yourself updated with the code lastly is learn from projects anything that you learn you should always practice i'm not Sing that blindly follow a tutorial and do exactly the same what you can do is you can make the project and you can customize it from whatever you have learned and upgrade your project and put your personal touch and this also uh, comes in handy when you upload your work on github and all that so it gives you a kind of recognition of what you're working on the project itself these are the five uh, places how you can approach the uh, web3 and blockchain So this was the end of my presentation. The whole motive was to get you all comfortable with the concepts of blockchain and Web3 and how to access these resources. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash Women Who Code. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment